Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. When a pastor is determined to make an impact and humble enough to learn, transformation is very possible when it comes to their leadership. And when that transformation leads to a parish being transformed, you get an explosion of generosity. Father Tiago Veloso of Portugal is my guest today. You are going to love this conversation. Lift off when the clock has started. One of the privileges of getting to travel to different parts of the world is I get to meet different people from all over the world. One of my favorite people is Father Tiago from Portugal. Uh, Father Tiago is filled with passion, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's our guest today. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Here I am. Bon dia, boa tarde, boa noite. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to pick up a little bit of Portuguese uh, during today's talk. Uh, we have I, time. <laughs> I said a few words at the beginning and uh, and he just looked at me blank face and I said, that was my Portuguese. He said, that was Portuguese. So I didn't do a very good job. So I apologize. Okay. For <laughs> <laughs> it was a treat to be on. Thank you for the invitation, by the way, to do that event uh, in Portugal the other day where it was being translated in real time. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun and a lot of people watching you. And now you have a lot of fans <laughs> following you. <laughs> well, I think after this podcast, you're going to have a lot of fans following you. Because oh, let's see. <laughs> part of the reason I want to do this podcast today is, is to give people a sense, because uh, a lot of the listener base is from North America, Australia, and the UK. Uh, 96%, I just looked at the stats today. And I just love for people to get a sense of what's going on in some of the other parts of the world in terms of the Catholic Church. And so maybe you could just share with us, Father Tiago, what, uh, how long have you been a priest? Okay. Uh, thank you for, um, for look to the map and find Portugal <laughs> <laughs> and invite me for, for this. Um, I, I'm priest uh, for a long time, uh, less, than less than 10 years, maybe seven years, more or less. Cool. I don't cool. know. I'm not good with dates. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I don't know my age. so. <laughs> and so, Father Tiago, how would you describe the state of the Catholic Church in Portugal? Uh, the, the Catholic Church in Portugal, uh, we are um, a little bit um, um, uh, in need of uh, renovation because we live... Uh, um, with a, um, a, f a strong tradition in our roots, we are a very old church in the in the Europe. So it's uh, a good challenge to open the hearts and and see things in different way. Uh, we have a lot of processions. For example, um, two days ago I, I spoke with a priest from the north of Portugal, and he told me that. Uh, he has more than 22 processions uh, a year. That's crazy. It's almost one per week. <laughs> yeah, you can see. Uh, is that changing uh, hearts? Does that evangelize? Or is that just something that they've always done so they keep doing it? Yeah, keep doing the same thing each year, forever and ever. And, and uh, in our culture, we have a lot of the, the power from Fatima, from Our Lady of Fatima. 
So we have the, that um, side of Maria in the, in the church. And sometimes uh, I, I know a lot of people that uh, they look more for Maria than for uh, or Mary. <laughs> look more for Mary than for Jesus. So that's strange. Mm -hmm. And do, do not speak about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that one is no one knows him <laughs> still yet to be discovered in portugal <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough um wow that's so i i know that and you and i met through divine renovation and so i'm guessing you read the book which one the first one, Divine Renovation. The first one. Yeah, yeah, I know you've read the subsequent ones too, but tell me, how, how did that book happen? How did it impact your priesthood? Mm -hmm. I, I found the book. I, I was in Spain in the Life Team Conference in Barcelona. And then there I, I met um, a person from Braga, from Portugal, from the north. Um, and he told me about Alpha and Divine Renovation, about the book. And immediately, uh, um, in uh, during the the conference, I went to a library to to find the, the book. Um, I didn't find it, so I I used Amazon to buy the book. Then I received the book in Spanish, only Spanish version. I read the book one, two, three times, and each time I I I looked to the pages, I thought, okay, this is in America. North America, <laughs> yes, uh, but it's the same here. We are the, the same church, the same pro same problems. Everything is the same. So everything, so something is happening there, and the same thing can happen here. So let's move this and let's try new things that move. And I, I started praying a lot. I started um, sharing ideas with some people from here. Um, and that's it. Then I, I tried to I, I tried to 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 create an alpha here, um, but um, when I contacted the alpha national team, I, I became a little scared with with them because they told me about the administration, the host, the the seller, the cook, and I thought, <laughs> oh no. How can I? How can we host the alpha here if we, I don't have people to that? Right. Yeah, but then thanks to the renovation and the coaching sessions, uh, in a couple of months we launched alpha with a huge success in a, a couple of months. So, Isn't that amazing? And that boom that people are hearing—that's your fist on your desk, so not, but yeah, that's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> it just picks up right through your mic. What it's awesome. Can I do? Because you're so excited, right? You speak with I'm your hands moving. too. <laughs> oh. Go stand against the wall, hands over your head. Father no. <laughs> Diego, one of the things that um, um, that you said, and I think it's so important, is that you you read the book not once, twice, three times. And every time you read it, you realized something was happening in the church over there. And if it was happening over there, it could happen here. Did you know that that's almost the complete opposite perspective most people have that I speak to? They yeah. often say, oh, yeah, but you don't understand us. Uh, we're different. And they just assume that if anything happened somewhere else, it would never happen there. You have the, you have the total opposite worldview of probably 90% of the people that I run into initially, they often think, well, because it happened in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, it's not California, it's not New York, it's not Australia, it's not Portugal, it's not France. 
but you had the complete opposite perspective. That's really interesting. So you had the audacity to think that if it could happen there, it could happen here. So you did uh, call us. I, rem- uh, I remember talking to you. It was an amazing conversation. I, I loved your passion. And, and it would have been an easy no, because we didn't have any capacity to do that. Yet, I found you so exciting to talk to and meet. I thought, I want to help this guy. We've got to help this guy. And just happened to be coaching a church in Australia where one of the leadership team members is Portuguese. And Vanessa. Vanessa. And so we thought, well, what if we could connect you two and coach through Vanessa? I'll support Vanessa. And so it was just so fun to watch that. So what difference did, did it make having her on your team to, like you say, problem solve around alpha and stuff? Walk us through a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met you last century almost. <laughs> yeah. And after that, I remember, uh, before I answer your question, Yes, and I will try to not forget the, the question. Um, I, I remember that um, I contacted Van Renovation and then I wait, I wait, I wait, and no answer. Then uh, you talk with me, then more waiting time. <laughs> and uh, I was, oh, I need this so much. <laughs> but, but then thanks to a donation, we, we could uh, enter in the network and mm-hmm. we had uh, an amazing time with the... Um, with Father James, Father James and uh, with Vanessa and uh, with the whole team and a, a lot of priests from uh, other countries. Um, we had and we have uh, uh, fun conversations, crucial conversations. Um, I, I, I grew a lot as a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is my first parish uh, because I, before, before I was in the seminary uh, with um, teenagers. Uh, and then uh, my superior sent me to to here, to this little uh, city. Uh, but I, I was not ready to to, to become a, a leader of a parish. In my years and years of theology, uh, no one told me how to be a leader. No one told me how to to preach, <laughs> or how to speak with the people. And here with the divine renovation in three or four years, uh, I grew a lot as leader, as person, as as priest. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm totally different in this moment. Now, I, in this moment, I have more time to the people, to God, and to myself. Now I have more time to to be working uh, with the people on the parish. Um, I, I have more time to to listen to people. Now uh, I know how to deal with uh, difficult people, difficult uh, situations, and how to to change everything. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I did the the Gallup uh, test, the the Clifton uh, in uh, yeah in uh, 2018. Yes, when yeah. when we began in 2018. Oh, uh, and I think that. Uh, if I, I try again, I, I think that some things are now is different, uh, for sure. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. The, the, it's, it's interesting because the, that was our primary, and my primary passion is that we, you know, we graduate 
theologians from seminaries, which is so important. Like I, uh, f- from other traditions, it's very common. They're very oftentimes they can be they're very envious of Catholic priests because they almost it's almost like the equivalent of a PhD in theology uh, versus some of the evangelical churches. They learn how to preach, which is really important. Um, but they, sometimes they're they're very envious of the, of the level of of theological formation that happens in the Catholic Church with seminarians, and but I think the the issue is, and I, that's what I'm hearing you say, is that some of the practical things around leadership aren't addressed at all, including preaching, which is probably not a surprise to a lot of people. But it is, well, maybe it is. Maybe it is a surprise. Maybe because it's such an important part of how people experience priests and and their their weekend experiences through to be inspired through the Word of God and. And not a lot of time is spent on that. And so it's so cool that that you went out of your way to get that kind of formation and, and just hearing you so passionate about how much it's changed you and formed you and helped you be better with your people. Yeah, I try. I try a lot. And uh, I, I started reading different books for, of leadership yeah. and watching webinars. Um, and, and you said something about the weekend experience. Uh, in Portugal, our weekend experience is just the mass. In the morning, Sunday morning, just the mass, faster mass, and then <laughs> go to the <laughs> yeah, and then go to the beach or <laughs> or visit the family. But um, I, I change in that too. Now I, I I on Monday, in this in the second day of the week. I began working the homily for the next Sunday. Mm. So that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Before I, before on the same day. <laughs> right. And that's not uncommon. <laughs> or, or, or during the mass. <laughs> <laughs> I better listen to those readings again. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> now, five days or six days before I'm ready for the, for the homily. And I know what I will preach next Sunday. I know, mm. and I will grow in that, and I can change some things, and I can uh, see if I understand everything that I will say to the people, mm. and I will try to preach as the first time for the for our first visitor. I'm doing that in this moment. Yeah. I I don't care. Uh, I don't care. Wow, I, care, I know what course. you mean. You care, yeah. Yeah, but I don't care about the old Catholic. I I look for the the first visitors in our church in this moment, and we have a lot of uh, visitors, new visitors, and I always speak on just to them with uh, uh, simple words uh, uh, and uh, important um, themes in the homily. Yes, I'm, I'm preaching is in a serious message. For a mo- you you mentioned that you're getting a lot of first time visitors. Was it always that way? No. Be- before, <laughs> before the R, the divine renovation, and pre-COVID, um, um, we had uh, uh, always the same people, new yeah. people, yeah. but uh, most of them uh, always the same. But now, uh, thanks to divine renovation and to our alphas, and thanks to COVID, um, in that church, <laughs> most of the people I never saw them before. Wow. <laughs> And they come to me and they say, oh, I, I, I saw you on YouTube or in the mass online or during Alpha. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah. Right. So technology has really been a blessing. I wonder too, are your parishioners inviting more? Are they inviting their friends and saying, you should come check this out? I wonder. Yeah. Right. I, I can see the different, two different parishioners, the alpha ones and the, the others. Right. <laughs> and the alpha ones, they are inviting to, to, for example, our choir, our music. Yes. They are, everyone is new, Christ, new people in the church. 100%. We change our music to, thanks to them. New wow. Christian. I, I baptized one of them in last Easter. Imagine. That's <laughs> so beautiful. Isn't that amazing? That's, that, that is fantastic. Well, and I, I can't help but wonder, because sometimes I go to church and I, I'll hear a homily and I'll think, thank goodness I didn't invite anybody. Right? Because yeah. it was terrible. <laughs> like it was, it was literally to... But, but if you're preaching to my friends that don't know Jesus yet, then I feel comfortable bringing them because I know that they're going to hear a message that they can connect with. Because honestly, like I can never, I never grow tired of hearing the basics. I never grow tired of the charisma. I never grow tired of hearing why Jesus died for me and that he loves me. Like I can't hear that too much. Uh, but yet for somebody that's new, if, if we get into too many things, like almost like a class, almost as if mass is a, an opportunity to teach a university style course, it's like, that's do that through the week. And on the weekends, if you preach to the unevangelized, you'll get your parishioners bringing their friends because they know the message is going to be accessible. Sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, the message and the, the music too, and the way that uh, yeah, and the, the way that I celebrate the mass is I'm close with the people. I'm I talk with the to the people. Neat. That's what I try to do. Yeah. One of the things you said, and I just want to acknowledge this because I think it's so beautiful, and I, I just forgot until you mentioned it, but it was it was through a donation from another church in the network. Yes. Who wanted to be a blessing to you guys? They didn't meet you. They didn't know who you were. But they took up a collection so that you guys could be blessed through the coaching. And what an incredible gift that was to you guys. And what a witness it was for the rest of the church. Like, I just thought that was so cool. They were paying it forward. You know, they had the capacity and the means. And so they paid it forward so that you guys could be blessed. So I, I, I'm going to make sure they hear this podcast too, because it just dawned on me now. Uh, Father Henry and his and his group, but how has your the, your evolution as a leader, as a priest, and your your parish's growth? How has that rippled? Uh, how has that impacted maybe your diocese or even other parts of the country? Okay, so first of all, I I want to thank you, the the whole team of that parish. I. I don't know the name of the parish. No. I, I I think that they are from Texas. They are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, Saint Anne. Yeah, Saint Anne. Okay, so they they were really blessed to to us in the beginning, and we are here now because of them for mm -hmm. sure. For their big heart, they pay they paid forward, and that's I, I think that is the the Christian thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and this in this moment. Um, we are doing the same. First of all, now we can uh, help other parishes. Now we have more money <laughs> to help others. That's beautiful. In uh, in three or four years, our collects uh, they grow a lot. 
even uh, and during COVID, we uh, that double of or more. Come on, during, your income, your collections were doubled during COVID. During COVID, that's amazing, Be because we are working to the people, for them, not for the buildings, not for maintenance. So, the, the people understood that, uh, and now we are. Um, helping other parishes in Portugal. Um, I started a, a couple of weeks ago um, as coach uh, in Kickstart program in Divine Renovation. So <laughs> in this moment, I've got, in this moment, I've got 12 priests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I know if, and there's more uh, than 30 waiting. <laughs> so that's amazing. That is the coolest thing like talk about you know grow a lot in portugal yeah and through one person and through the general like through one person's but like that person at the life team conference shared it with you yeah you took the initiative and read and dreamed and, and just dared to believe this other church with their generosity wanted to be a blessing to you guys and i love the scripture of the talents where where the, the king's leaving says, I'm going to give you five talents, you two, and you one. He comes back, five turns into 10, two turns into four, and one. He's not too happy with that guy. But then he takes that one and he gives it to the guy with 10. God expects us to invest in areas where we'll get a return on our investment. And I just think about that parish in Texas that, that invested in you. And boy, you're that, you're that, you're that guy who brought back 10 talents. Like you're, you have 12 priests that you're coaching into, 30 more waiting. Like that's going to make their day. Like that's, their, that's every donor's dream come true. That if they're going to take their hard-earned money and, and invest it that, it will, that it will pay dividends, that it will build the kingdom of God. And you, yeah. my friend, are building the kingdom of God. That is so cool. <laughs> Yeah, and, and now you can connect all the dots and see the action of God since the beginning. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful, isn't it? Every generation, Father James would often say, and I think he's quoting somebody else, but that we're, we're, the church is one generation from extinction. Like we always have to rediscover Jesus anew. Every generation has to rediscover the passion, the glory, the forgiveness, the mercy of Jesus as if it's the very first time. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So, Father Tiago, you know, the impact you're having doesn't make sense when you consider the resources you started with. And so many churches that I come in contact with, you know, they don't have any staff. They don't have any, they're not sitting on bags of money. They're, you know, they don't have a lot of volunteers. Their people come to mass, but they're not overly engaged. And was that more like your beginning or did you start with all kinds of, things that were working in your favor <laughs> yeah yeah hundreds of people in our staff team <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh father uh, we need to change the the keys of the church <laughs> help us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you were taking care of everything weren't you yeah in the beginning yes but now uh, we've got more and more people uh, working here uh, mm -hmm. as volunteer in the in the team, so everything is possible. Um, we, when we have a dream, everything is possible. Mm -hmm. I, I I remember Martin Luther King. He had a dream, not a, a project, not a, <laughs> a plan. No, just a dream. 
and the dream come true because he believed in that dream. So when when I I began this journey with you, I, I had a dream and I have a dream and I'm working for that dream and I fight for that dream. So I we don't have stuff. No problem. We let's go. Let's go. The train is moving. And let me ask and you God something. Does. Yeah. Always. Yeah. How are those people that have stepped up and, and are joining you in this dream and this and using their gifts and different acts of service in the church? How do they does that add to their life or is it a is it or is it an inconvenience? Like are they enjoying it or is it a burden for them? Okay, they, uh, I had different groups of people in the beginning. Yes. The first ones, uh, a, 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 a small person, a small group of people, uh, they always thought that um, that's impossible. Don't fight about that. The church is this since the beginning of the times. So don't <laughs> forget. Worry about it. Yeah, don't try to change it. Yeah. For what? We are good. The church is full of people dying, but it's, it's full. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I, I spoke with another people and they, they enter in this vision and they believe in me. And then I spoke with them about uh, other churches that uh, something is ha- was happening in the, those uh, churches. So they embark in this vision. So they, they began working with their um, talents different people working with their talents uh, because uh, I, I found that uh, everyone, each Christian uh, is a, a leader. We are leaders in our family, in our work, in our school. Uh, and I found that. And then I, I showed that to the people and they believed in me and, <laughs> and they started working with um, that sense of I am a leader, I have to be a good Christian and lead as Jesus. Oh. And that makes uh, all the difference in, in the people that embark in this vision, in this dream. Uh, and now they are full of love uh, with, um, with this vision and with this sense of leadership. And not to to be a chief, but to to lead, to equip the people, to the saints, to the kingdom of, of God. And so, are they are they enjoying themselves? Are they having fun? Yeah, most of them are having fun, and there's a, a few leaders that are having now some challenges, some problems, uh, but they know they now they know that is part of the process. Sure is. Yeah. The leader will suffer, will suffer, will cry, but it's part of the process. Amen. Well, it's it's a life for you're giving people a life worth living. Like when you use your gifts and strengths to build up the kingdom of God, you're right. We will suffer, but there's no life like it. It gives life purpose and meaning. And so many lay people, it there's no they've never been given a chance to engage in the mission, to do anything significant. They're just asked to come to church. Know, pray, pay, and obey. Uh, yeah. But boy, I'll tell you. Go to Fatima. <laughs> go, go to Fatima. Fatima. <laughs> That's right. If you're from Portugal, you'll go to Fatima. That's, we have a lot of Christians that uh, their religion is just go to Fatima once per year like and pray there uh, and go to Mass there, and that's it. Wow. 
you can see. Yeah. That's amazing. So it just goes to show like something, a, a gift as amazing as Fatima is, can that can, you know, all of our strengths can become a weakness if they're not in balance and seek first the kingdom of God, that whole put Jesus first, right? Prioritize Jesus. And that begins to change. How, how big a role, like you said, you kind of joked at the beginning, like a lot of people put Mary first and not so much Jesus and don't even bring up the topic of the Holy Spirit. What, what role is the the Holy Spirit played in this journey for you and your parish. Okay. Um, when I when I found the the Holy Spirit, it was during Alpha, uh, my first Alpha here in the parish in our Alpha pilot. Uh, of course, I I, I knew the, uh, something about the Holy Spirit before because uh, here we have um, um, pray group, charismatic group, so. I had a sense of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I had some, uh, some. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, where are my English? <laughs> <laughs> you had some experience with it, or some. Uh, Was Google Google Translate <laughs> when I need? <laughs> You're doing great, uh, by the way. <laughs> I, I had some experience with the praise in the Holy Spirit. Okay. In the in afternoon of uh, three, four hours of praying in the Holy Spirit uh, with the wow. Holy Spirit. Yeah, I had that before. But um, feel the Holy Spirit in the real sense uh, during Alpha, yes, in the weekend, Alpha weekend. Mm. Uh, and after that, the, the first Alpha team, the, the people from Alpha Pilot, they changed a lot. And those people, you can see, we, we began with 12 people. In our first alpha, twelve, and uh, before COVID, we have uh, one hundred. It's full house, yeah, full house. <laughs> no empty chairs, uh, no more tables. One hundred is the our maximum. So, in in less than two years, I think, or but uh, yeah, two years maybe or, or less. So, <laughs> we we grow a lot with our alpha, Be- because people from the first alpha they. They change. The Holy Spirit uh, transf- uh, changed their lives, and then they they invited new people, non Christians, no church people, and our Alpha in a in three four months changed a lot. And after that, now <laughs> we don't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. I'm so excited to have you share with us today because again, I think. I think the starting point for a lot of people can be that can't happen here or we don't have the resources or we can't start from where. If if it happens here, (laughs) it happens, it can happen in in, uh, anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the take home message, isn't it? It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Maybe, is there anything else that, that you, as we close up, is there anything else you'd want the listeners to hear from you and what's happening in Portugal and, first of all always trust in God always always trust in the the vision that um, he puts in in the heart Uh, it could uh, look like a a crazy thing like a crazy dream an impossible dream but whatever it's God's dream so it's possible (laughs) and uh, I love Moses his dream was so big, so big, an impossible dream. And 
and we have Moises. So, so always go forward, never look back, and trust in the people because we are here for the people and with the people, <laughs> to the people, and for God, of course. Amen. In His name, yeah. Amen. Father Tiago, thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you for all the work you're doing to bring change in your, in your diocese, in your country. Thank you for the ways that you're paying it forward and, and making such a difference and such an impact. You're, you're an amazing priest. I'm sorry. Uh, that's one important thing. <laughs> yes. No, go ahead. Add one more. <laughs> you said something about the diocese. It's important to, to always talk with the bishop about everything. Because this is different. It's not the normal church. Yeah, you understand. And then uh, the priests, our neighbors' priests, our brothers, the, in the beginning, they don't understand what's happening here. But now, after three, four years, uh, in, our, in our kickstart coaching, we have two priests from these dioceses. So in the, in the beginning, it's difficult to believe in the project but after three four years seeing things start to change so yeah. never give up yeah it does take time doesn't it? It, it it's not something that people do understand and i'd always say that have parishioners come to me sometimes and say ron could you please go talk to the priest down the road my sister goes to that church and they would really do well to to be living out a lot of the things that we are do you mind talking to them and i'd always say no because to giving unsolicited advice usually doesn't get received very well, but I would say to our parishioners at St. Benedict, the best way for you to influence the churches around us is to continue to give generously of your time, talent, and treasure to this vision and mission because it's transformed lives that change hearts, not ideas. And so the more lives that we transform, the more people, like you said, these 12 people that did your pilot alpha, they changed. You could tell the Holy Spirit changed them. And when you see that over and over and over again, it's, it then becomes hard to deny something must be going on. And so it's that level of transformation that, and that takes time to do in your own church. And it takes time for those around you to believe that it's possible. It's happening now. It's happening. Yeah, it is. Yeah, finally. <laughs> it's finally happening. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so much for being a guest today. God bless your continued work. You're amazing. Thank you, Ron, for your work for the church too. If you are a person afflicted with wealth and feel a call to invest in the kingdom of God in a way that transforms lives, we should connect. And I mean that. Reach out to us at ronhuntley.com and let's start a conversation. It's when we respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit that beautiful things can happen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Impact.